it is time now to spotlight the financial sector. We kicked off earnings season with a slew of names. I'd like to bring in Caleb Silver, editor-in-chief of Investopedia, to get your reaction, Caleb, to the numbers, which it seems are looking pretty good. Tell me um, your thoughts. How are you breaking this down? Yeah, it's really a tale of two banks, those that are exposed to consumers that are doing well in terms of loans, a little bit buffered by the lack of trading activity and the lack of investment banking activity, and those that are more exposed, like a Morgan Stanley, are having a hard time in the capital markets right now. But we look at three things, Nicole. We look at loan growth. We look at net interest margins. How are these rising rates improving the bottom line? And loan reserves. How much are banks taking out right now in preparation for a potential downturn or recession like J.B.? Uh, Jamie Dimon says is going to happen. So we looked at all those things. And when you look down the list, J.P. Morgan first out this morning, EPS down 17%, right? $9.74 billion. You look at uh, uh, reserves, they added $808 million to their reserves. Now, that's not that extreme, which tells us that even though Jamie Dimon thinks a recession's coming, the bank seems well buffered against potential losses. Net interest income for J.P. Morgan up 34%. That's a good chunk of money right there, $17.6 billion. They are expanding their loans, expanding their loan portfolio. When you get a Morgan Stanley, though, a different type of a bank, more tied to Wall Street, more tied to trading and investment banking activity. Nicole, when was the last time we saw a really big IPO? It's been a minute, and you're feeling that. Their EPS down 29%, revenue down 12%, investment banking revenue down 55%. Management revenue down 20% across the boards in the ways that Morgan Stanley makes money. They lost uh, yeah. some serious ground in the last quarter. Yeah, and I think you make a great point about the IPO picture because even the IPOs that did come to market here, they had smaller values. So there were fewer IPOs, many, much fewer uh, than the prior year. And the value, you know, minimal compared to last year where there was this pent-up demand for IPOs. Um, I, I'd love to get back to the language that we've been hearing from Jamie Dimon. Um, to your point, the, the mountain reserves, $808 million, I guess that could have been more, but he certainly is still pushing the idea of, you know, weakness going forward, right? Yeah, well, he runs one of the biggest banks in the world, so he has a pretty good finger on the pulse of what's happening and what could happen down the road. And his point the other day was, look, the Fed's raising interest rates so aggressively, so are most other central banks, except for China and Japan. All of that rate uh, rising environment is going to push earnings lower for companies across the boards. It's going to push income down in, in, for uh, consumers as well. That's what he's talking about. They seem well buffered. You know, banks are in a much better position than they were in 2008, 2009, of course. Uh, then you look at some other banks like Citi. Citi slimming down its operations. Citi wanting to become a much smaller bank, selling some of those Asian and Australian operations. They took out only $303 million in uh, loan loss provision. So you thought it would be a lot more, uh, $370 million, I should say. You thought it would be a lot more, uh, but the bank seems well cushioned against that as well. Citi's got a lot of retail exposure, uh, you know, a lot of consumer banking going on. They're a little bit more buffered and now slimming down to be a more efficient bank. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, what I also thought was interesting was a lot of positive comments on Wells Fargo today and that Wells Fargo is back. There's this feeling, you know, obviously they've been plagued by some very tough headlines over the last couple of years. And um, there's been a lot of positive talk about Wells Fargo today. Yeah, well, the bank has shelled out about $2 billion in litigation and uh, customer remediation in the last quarter or two. That brought down earnings a lot, but maybe it's getting through all of this. Maybe it's finally, uh, you know, being able to move on and be a, a smarter bank going forward, it's very exposed to the consumer, very exposed 
to the mortgage origination market and the mortgage refinancing market. Both of those are in deep trouble right now. But if the bank can sort of get on solid ground with the rest of its consumer banking, it may have a chance here for a nice rebound. All these stocks are doing well today as the broader market is falling, except for Morgan Stanley. Why? It's too tied to investment banking, mergers and acquisitions, uh, trading activity. We just haven't seen a lot of that. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is now the theme here, when you talk about the consumer, less investment banking and, and such, there's a look to the regional banks now and that maybe those might perform well based on what we're seeing from the big money center banks. Yeah, when when you get this sort of a slowdown in economic activity and people are taking out loans, personal loans, uh, that's a good uh, environment for regional banks to operate. They are not exposed to the capital markets in the way that these big Wall Street banks are. So they're a little bit more insulated from that and they're benefiting from rising rates. That old joke, 363, uh, you know, borrow money at three, loan it out at six, be on the golf course at three. Better for regional banks, mm -hmm. doesn't quite work that way anymore. <laughs> Better for regional banks. Uh, so they're going to get uh, yeah. benefit from all this rising rates and loan activity. Yeah. Things I always love that that story. And you actually said it quickly and succinctly. I'm proud of you, Caleb. It's hard to get that one out. And, you know, Wells Fargo actually showed exactly that with the higher rate environment. Um, so they were an example of that. And next week, we're going to be getting a few more. Bank of America on Monday. I see Goldman Sachs on Tuesday, just to name a few. Uh, Blackstone Group on Thursday. So we'll be watching for more of this, right? What do you think this means for the rest of the financials? Well, those are, you know, bigger, uh, more global banks that are more tied to the capital markets, obviously. And you heard what happened with BlackRock this week, assets under management dipping you know, by a couple of trillion. That's pretty scary when you think about what that could mean for a Goldman Sachs or some of these other big investment banks going forward. You know, Money, because of the stock market, because of the decline in capital markets, both the bond and the stock market, that's hurting them on their bottom lines. That's hurting their assets under management. They don't have a lot of trading activity going on, a little bit more exposed to what's happening in capital markets versus these consumer-facing banks. Right. And, and, you know, yesterday we saw such a turnaround and, you know, the market was referred to as a crazy turnaround. What are some of the Investopedia folks saying about the market volatility we've seen? Yeah, well, a lot of folks are asking what to do in periods of market volatility, especially these washout periods in a bear market. They know that these are where some of the biggest days of gains come in. Half of the best performing days in the stock market occur during bear markets, which is why we don't sell on the way down. So they're asking questions about how to ride this through, what instruments can they buy, what securities could they hold on to right now They uh, insulate them from that and potentially benefit. Yeah. And now, um, what do you think it, they're really thinking about when it comes to earnings and the rest of the year? I think everyone is focused on the Fed and on interest rates, and those are the biggest questions we get because we're getting a lot of questions about how do I buy treasury bonds? What's the best ETF to access the fixed income market? What short-term bonds do I want to own right now? So they're looking for ways to, to play it. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw a couple of headlines today. One was Social Security going up 8.7%, um, right? The biggest jump for cost of living since 1981. I thought that was an interesting story. Foreclosures are back now. Um, and I know that's something you covered with Investopedia. You had the anxiety index during, you know, the financial crisis, during COVID. Um, what are some of the themes in the anxiety index and where do we stand roughly? I, I know I'm getting you off the cuff here, but roughly. Where oh, that's fine. I look at it. I look at it every single day because I want to see what people are worried about. And they're worried about their own personal finances. They're worried about the macroeconomic environment. Yes, they're worried about trading in the stock market and their portfolios. But I think they've accepted mm -hmm. the fact that we're in a bear market. These things last for a while. The normal ones do. <laughs> so they're wondering 
how do they protect themselves? Bankruptcies, foreclosures, all those terms are popping right now, but also how yeah. to protect yourself in a rising rate environment. Yeah, this is a mortgage rates of sort, you know, to 7%, leaving people with their, you know, scratching their heads. Another theme, Caleb, that has also come to my attention and, and a phrase that's back, CDs, right? CDs, people are, see, and I'm not talking about compact disc. Uh, you Those know, really cool people too. are now looking to CDs, right? Yeah, people are, you get a rate of 3% in the bank right now, that seems pretty attractive given all the volatility that we're seeing and given the unknowns that we're facing. So we're getting a lot of questions about CDs, even muni bonds, muni bond returns have come back in terms of yields. Yeah. People are asking questions around the boring tortoise uh, yeah. investments versus the hare. So people are ready to go slow and steady until we get through this period of volatility. All right, thank you. A great look there at the banks. Appreciate it. Caleb Silver, editor in chief at Investopedia. Appreciate it. Thank you.